All right, Inappropriate Earl, back, back for more. We've uh, upgraded the podcast center with uh, all Apple products. I shouldn't really say that because they're not paying me. Uh, the people who do pay me are uh, Pro Stock Hockey, Stephen Piercy's at Mike Knuckles, and Beverly Kills, the finest in clothing wear for you rebels out there. But, uh, you know, you got to go with Mac if you want the podcast to uh, be at the top levels. Uh Today we have a very special guest. You know, we've taken a break from roast battle talk because, uh, you know, I didn't want people to get sick of it. And I have a lady on my couch right now. Well, I've had many women on this couch, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. But uh, we won't, that's another podcast on another network. Uh, she's someone I don't know at all. You know, you see people in comedy at the comedy store. You say, hey, what's up? You give them a fist bump. You hug them. And, you know, it's pretty much that's how you know them. Uh, but I know this girl mainly through Roast Battle. Uh, she's a great comic. And I literally don't know one question I'm going to ask her <laughs> other than who are you? So please put your hands together, inappropriate all fans, for Jasmine Lee. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Great introduction. I like to give all my guests the appropriate, uh, I want them to feel special here. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask what it takes to be a guest on Inappropriate Earl, really an Uber account and, uh, you know, my address. <laughs> but I've met, I know nothing about you, which I love because I don't know what your deal is. Mystery. I don't know if you started out as a stand-up, if you started out in roast battles. So where are you from originally? Uh, my mom's vagina. But before that... <laughs> How about after that? After that. Oh, I was born in Maryland. And then I lived in New York till 13. And then I lived in Tallahassee until 24. And then Miami till 26. And then I'm in L.A. now. Were your uh, parents in the military or are you just... Um, no, my mom, well, she had me when she was in college and then she went back home. And then, uh, I don't know, my mom was just one day looking for houses in Tallahassee and the next day we moved. So I don't really know what the whole move from New York to Tallahassee was, but, you know, I get around. And what, uh, well, uh, you know, don't say that at the comedy store. <laughs> Uh, there was a girl up there the other night who literally said, what's the belly room? And 20 comics ears perked up like wild coyotes. Because uh, that used to be the spot to take a lady. Oh, to have sex? Um, to do whatever, you know, show the her the... the room? The belly room is, uh, you know, it's sometimes there's nothing going on in there. So oh. uh, it's a good place. But the, uh, the cameras are up there now and you have to be a real... Uh, Really in the know to know where to take a uh, a friend if you don't want your activities to be filmed. Wow, it's like the high school locker room. Absolutely, and mm -hmm. there is only one spot left with no cameras. I will not divulge where that is. Oh, uh, now I have to find out. <laughs> well, uh, it's... Uh, I think it's the green room. I mean, uh, there's just a lot of... Uh, it's hard to go up to that one particular spot because everyone knows... Uh, the real pros know uh, if they see someone going up uh, What's going down? a particular stairwell, uh, it's tough. But, oh, I know now. Okay. Uh, well, no. I've it's, never it's, been over there, though. Well, it's a very, uh, it's, it's another podcast, this uh, conversation. But how did you start in 
did you start in stand up? I'm assuming. No, I actually started. I came. I moved to L.A. for acting. Um, I wanted to act my whole life. That's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, my email was future actress for like forever. And then um, once I came out here, people were like, oh, you're a dramatic or comedic actor. And I really didn't know. And then I was working at a comedy club, the Comedy Union. And I was seeing those comics go up every night. And I was like, wow, I think I can do this. And then so, yeah, that's how I got started. My first roast battle, Zane Prod just challenged me randomly. So Zane Pond. Uh, Pond, yeah. Is uh, Zane Pound probably should be his name. <laughs> My fault. Uh, we love Zane. Uh, Zane is a, uh, I don't, uh, he's a uh, large homosexual, yeah. flamboyant. Mm -hmm. um, I wish he did it more, but I think, uh, and we'll get into this, but like Zane's first battle was amazing. Like he killed. And then I think the second battle, maybe not quite so much. And then I think he realized, as a lot of people do, wow, this is harder than it looks. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard. It's brutal. I mean, well, I'm obsessed with myself. So for me, it's not as brutal because even if someone's like, you know, talking crap about me, as long as they're talking about me, you know, I'm thriving. So I love roast battle. Well, that's the perfect attitude to have for roast battle. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I I'm probably too sensitive to do it, but, uh, you know, I, I like the attention. You mm -hmm. know? So that's why I do it. But uh, you, you were involved in one of the more controversial. Uh, wasn't even a match, really, because it never really happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that um, bitch. Am I allowed to curse on here? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, that bitch. Uh, and we won't say who this girl's name is. Oh, because, we can't? Okay. Oh, you can. If you want to. Oh, uh, I don't mind. And let me say this. Before we talk about this, uh, let me set up what happened. Uh, um, Jasmine was to have a battle against uh, this girl. She will name. I will not. And I don't know this girl, so I got nothing against her. Uh, uh, the girl was, uh, from what I've been told, you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, was upset at the placing of the battle. Mm -hmm. Like she wanted to go up in front of, I believe Mike Lawrence, mm -hmm. the roast battle champ. And it's like, uh, what I really love about roast battle is you have to earn your stripes. Mm -hmm. Uh, this girl was, had never done it before and she had no right to say, well, Moses, I want to do, uh, this spot. I was like, no, you do when Moses tells you to go on, mm -hmm. you know, she was, she was a real prima donna. Um, she challenged me. Um, she, I know her because I, I run a, a show WTF Wednesdays every Wednesday night. And where's that? At 11 PM at the next stage theater. Um, and so she came and she battled me. She knows me from there. And I was honestly really excited to battle her, but she was already like a little overzealous, like, we got our date maybe like two months ahead of time. And as soon as we got our date, she was already like riding underneath all my statuses, like hating and stuff. And I was like, look, just at least wait until we get closer into the battle because I don't have time for your foolishness. And then so leading up to the battle, she was like stalking Moses. Um, like, oh, are we battling? Just making sure are we battling, are we battling? And I'm like, look, if he gave us a date, that means we're battling. You know, there's never been a time that they just don't tell you if they canceled you out or whatever. And then so the day comes, she's told me to be there at 10. I was there at about 10, 15. I was looking for her, nowhere to be found. She came in at maybe 10, 40, all frazzled. And, um, you know, she was complaining. She was like, oh, no one's here. They told me my cameraman can't come in and tape us, um, blah, blah, blah. Like, just complaining about everything going on. And I was just like, you know, just chill out. You know, let's just have a good battle. 
So we were supposed to go up. Um, I think Frank Castillo, um, Frank was looking for us maybe like around 11. She was nowhere to be found. I'm blowing up her phone, texting her, texting her, texting her. No response, no response. So finally, she shows up at maybe 11.25, 11.30. And she's like, oh, oh, where are you at? Like, let's battle, let's battle. Trying to act like I wasn't the one that was there. So I went to Moses and I was like, hey. Now, mind you, Moses had already pulled me on stage and been like, I'm the default winner. That so she had we had way enough time she was missing forever for all this to happen, and then um, I asked Moses could we rebattle and he was like no, so I told her that and she goes around telling everybody that I didn't want to battle her, and then um, she got mad and called the fire marshal or something and now you know she like stopped the comics from being able to go up and watch the roast battle because she's just a freaking like Jennifer Gable's her name by the way for all of people who who want to know. And uh, uh, well, I don't. She en- blocked me on Facebook too. I don't encourage online uh, bullying, so we'll just uh, we'll say the name one more time. Real Jennifer clear. Gable, in case you wanted to know, and that's Jennifer with a J. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, of course, I uh, accept no responsibility for anyone who wants to tweet her or Facebook or uh, you know. But you got to earn your stripes in roast battle, future contestants. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I I had to earn it, you know. Jasmine has to, you know, is earning it now. Mm-hmm. And like you Mo- have to put in your work. Yeah, well, Moses has a lot of pressure on him every mm-hmm. week to host and TV shows coming up, you know. So lay off the guy. The lineup is like very important too. Like you have to make the lineup according to the crowd. I wasn't expecting to be put down at the end of the roast battle. Anyway, it was only my second battle and her first battle. You know what I'm saying? And I hadn't battled a year between my first battle and that one. So, you know, wherever I was at in the lineup, I was fine. Cause either way, it's going to be a good crowd, but she, she just was a complainer. And I didn't know that that that's probably why she disappeared to try and push the battle later. I didn't even think, think about that. I mean, that's what I was told, but you know, uh, people look at me as like the, the gossip reporter, you know, I'm going to keep all the secrets close. And uh, normally I do. Uh, yeah, she was just she she was a waste. And it's so funny. I'm so petty. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how I, I, I ended up on her page um, because she had blocked me. She must have unblocked me at this point. But she had uh, wrote a status pretty much saying, oh, just saw the New York roast battle. Can't wait till I can roast. And I was like, well, I'll be in New York December 20th. Let's battle. <laughs> she didn't respond back because I still have my jokes ready. Well, uh, yeah, and that's, I think, uh, people don't realize how much work it is, even mm-hmm. for a one-round battle. Uh, it's like, an int- if you take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Perez is probably about the only guy or girl, well, he's not a girl, but like only battler who can do an improv roast and just... Oh, wow. He's amazing. Like, he can come in here right now and roast either one of us. Yeah. With 10 jokes. Uh, yeah. But he, you know, grew up in prison. Oh, so that's why so he's that's, used to it. Yeah, I mean, he was facing the ultimate roast battles. Uh, so it, it sucks when someone pulls out or, you know, doesn't take it as seriously as you are. Yeah, and I took off of work for that battle, too. Yeah, and it affects, you know, the battle. If you have one person takes it seriously, the other person mm-hmm. doesn't. And uh, so how many battles have you had? Now um, I'm going, I've had five. And... Uh, you're you're known a lot for your presentation. Yes. Which is great. Yes. A lot of people uh I was just having this conversation with Alex Hooper who is uh the the ultimate uh, in presentation. Yes, I saw his last battle. <laughs> it was uh Phenomenal. I've seen 
every battle. I've never I missed one, and I even saw that on Periscope, and uh, that was. Uh, I thought my entrances were wacky. Uh, I'm still, I don't even know how to explain it to the listeners. He came out as this uh, effeminate, uh, gay, gay gayish, almost wizard. (laughs) Gayish wizard, yeah. Uh, So, and uh, it threw Pat Barker off, who's a legend of roast battle. I mean, Pat Barker uh, is, is almost the uncrowned champ. He's so good. Um, but, uh, people, I think, how do you, what are your thoughts on people like you, me, Hooper, and there's others, Tony Bartoloni. Uh, a lot of people don't like battlers who, uh, come to the stage with a, uh, presentation. um, Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's cheating at all. Oh no. Um, honestly, I'm just upset that I did. I thought that the only people that were allowed to to do the present the the entrances was the uh, the main events, and I just found out that anybody can do them. So I'm excited for my next roast battle. I think that it adds to the whole atmosphere because ro- it's like it, it's. It's like a sport now. It's like a, a comedic sport. You know what I'm saying? So you're a character when you come in there. And if you take it seriously, then go big or go home. So I love watching the um, the entrances when well, they yeah. come in. It's, it's, it, it just, it, just put, it, make, it puts you really on the edge of your seat and it really gets you excited for the battle. Like, oh, if this is how he came out, I wonder how he's going to roast. So it, I love it. But it is very important to also have the jokes. Oh, to so back it up. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I won't say which battler, but there's, uh, you know, maybe maybe more than one that have elaborate entrances and then, you know. Nothing to back it up. Two jokes in. It's like, oh, boy, the entrance is more memorable, which is not good. No, it has to be a, it has to be a, a whole package. Definitely. Well, because now the stakes on this show are so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, Season two, uh, I think, starts in a few weeks. I'm excited. (laughs) Comedy Central. uh, You know, I'm not exactly sure who's on it. Uh, But then, uh, you know, there's industry in the room every night now. Yeah. Whether it's from Comedy Central or, uh, you know, I got on a show. uh, I don't think I can say the network just yet. but uh, it was made, it was all because of roast battle. Yeah. So you can get there's it's such a great time to be a part of the show because it's it's getting bigger, which is insane. That you know usually three years in the show dies out, but uh, you know we have younger battlers like you. You know there's always a constant uh, turnover of good battlers, which is key. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm allowed. We're allowed to say who's on it because they released the, the list. Okay, so yeah. I don't. Uh, are you on it? I am on it. Oh, that's I, awesome! Yeah, I did the. Um, oh my god, is that my phone? I think that's my phone. I, oh. in full fairness, I just got a new iPhone Seven S, whatever it's called. I don't know how to turn the sound off, so that's my bad. Sorry, uh, you guys out there in uh, podcast land, you might hear some noises throughout the podcast. Um, when did you find out? Oh, I found I found out I was in New York for 10 days, um, chilling, not doing a damn thing. And I came back and Moses pretty much he asked me for my information. Then I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Send it to him. Then uh, he sent me a text and he was like, hey, come through the comedy store tonight. Uh, I'm going to buy you a drink and you need to give Jeff Ross a hug. And I was like, okay. And then maybe 30 minutes later, I got the call from Comedy Central and 
I pretty much acted a fool. I was like screaming down. The, I, I I was cool when I was on the phone with Comedy Central, but then I called my mom and we're literally just like screaming simultaneously down the street and like everyone's just watching us or whatever. And I got that from Roast Battle. And to be honest, the reason why I started roasting again because I talked to you and I was telling you how I wanted to like, you know, get more stage time and get, you know, on more shows and stuff like that and get noticed. And you were like, you know, why don't you battle? And I was like, yeah, maybe I should just do another battle. And I did. And, you know, Jeff Ross saw it. And I think it was I think it was a producer in there as well that night. I'm not sure. But they loved my presentation and, you know, they added me to the Atlanta taping. So that was freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's there's it's such a fun show to be around because it's it's really a community show. And, you know, everyone looks out for everyone, which I love about the show. Like, you know, I got nothing out of telling you to do it other than. I like you and I, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. And yeah, the energy was amazing. Like the, the energy, the energy was so amazing. Like it's nothing like the belly room energy where it originated, but just the whole experience. And like, um, Jeff Ross, he's just such a cool guy. Like he really, he just, he cares. He like, you could tell that he wants to see people grow in their craft. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he really like is invested in the roasters. They're kind of, he's like the godfather of like, you know, all the roast battlers. So it's like really cool. I love it. Well, he's like the uh, new Don Rickles. Yeah. Like, uh, and like I, that shows you how good Jeff is. Like Don Rickles is like the Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan of roasting, of, you know, roasting and, you know, he's a great stand-up too. Has his Jeff, but uh, you know, Jeff's done uh, a lot for all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, for you know, uh, you Moses. I mean, we're on billboards, subway placards. I mean, it's. I don't think I've ever seen a show that has helped so many people. Oh yeah, and it's, you know, it's the the crazy thing about it is just to see because you, when you don't like living in LA and seeing the people that are actually on TV is cool number one, but then actually being a part of the roast battle and being there when it wasn't a TV show and just being in the community where everyone's looking forward to Tuesday so they can go to the comedy store and watch it and then to actually see those people on TV like it's it's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's I, like I, surreal. It, it's surreal is the perfect term because it's like especially for those of us who were there like i was in there the first night with uh, kenny lyon and josh martin wow and who i don't think those two get enough credit like literally the show would not have happened unless uh, kenny lyon and his insanity i love kenny lyon you know <laughs> i love him i love him uh, i've tried to be his uh spiritual guidance uh person uh you know, if he wouldn't whip his dick out in every club, yeah, he, he could perform more. Well, it's funny because every time I bring him to the stage, I'm like, Kenny, please don't get naked lion. Come on up to the stage. But you know what? That might end up working for him. It's possible. I mean, uh, if you would have told me that two comics roasting each other, unknown comics, would be on season two and I'm sure many seasons after season two, I'd be like, who's going to watch two people they'd never heard of? Mm -hmm. And uh, they did. Yeah. And do. I mean, uh, I know in Montreal they had a few big names, you know, Ralphie and uh, Stephen is easy. But like I would say in general, most of the general public did not know us. Yeah. And it's cool to have um, 
it's cool to be able to bring new talent in because I mean I don't know like somewhere in between like the 90s and now a lot like a lot of comics are not like you you just don't see a lot of stand-up you don't see a lot of stand-ups that are going into their sitcoms like it was really prominent in the 90s and like the early 2000s so I feel like it's time for us to start coming back out now I really do and I'm happy that it is introducing no-name comics because there's not really that many opportunities for us to you know show our skills and to show different types of things where if we're not ready to have an hour special yet you know oh yeah it's uh it's hard if you're an unknown comic to break into the TV world because it's uh, it just is you know they I had a manager in Montreal say hey man we've always loved you man give me a call it's like well it, it took me to get here to like for you to love me yeah I mean it's like but that's the way it is they mm -hmm. I think managers and agents for the most part uh, they don't want to develop you they want you to walk into their office and oh you're on roast battle great bam. So, uh, you know, it's a, uh, I, to me, I look at it as an unfortunate side of the business, Yeah, but it's that way for everyone, I guess. Yeah. I literally didn't think it would be like that for me. I, I thought I'd just come here and be walking down the street and some producer would be like, Oh my God, Jasmine, we need you now. And I'm still waiting for that. But you know, I mean, that, that can happen. <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, I mean, I think we all go into the business of comedy with, uh, different variations of that dream you know like i thought oh, i'll just work hard and that'll be enough mm -hmm. and it's not no so much of it's networking and you know uh, stuff like that but yeah uh, it's networking and skill so it's like it's really tricky because you can have all the connections and not have the talent to meet it or you can have all the talent and not have the connections to meet it so it's like it's really a package deal that you have to have in order to make it out here. And honestly, I'm the one thing I learned at my in college was networking. That was the one main thing I learned. So all of pretty much most of 2016, I put my time into like building connections and, you know, meeting people. And now towards the end of the year, I'm starting to get better in my talent to where now I can like start calling on these connections and be like, hey, you know, I want to do this or, you know, hook me with this person. But it, it's 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 like a, it's it's just a long, 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 long journey. Well, if you're in it for the right reasons, it, you can get through that long, 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 long journey. I think if you're in it for the short term fame, I want to mm -hmm. sit calm, you, you'll quit in three months. Oh, yeah. Uh, so and you almost to a degree see that with Roast Battle, the ones who just want to lom on to the show. Mm -hmm. They don't really want to put the work in. Uh, you know, they do one or two battles and then they're gone. They fall yeah. off and it sucks because every battle is not going to be amazing. <laughs> and the battles that aren't amazing, you go and you feel just as good as you feel after an amazing battle is just as shitty as you feel after a sucky battle. And it's like, fuck, I'm going to do this again. But yeah, I'm going to do this again because this is what I love to do. So, Oh yeah. I mean, uh, and if you're a competitor, like losing battles haunt you for, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say every day, but I still think of, my battle with Sarah Tion and go, what, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just, you know, or even the first girl I lost to Whitney Rice. I only lose to girls. Uh, oh. like, Are you the, easy on them? You know, I think my uh, mistake with Sarah was um, 
being a little soft on her because I was too concerned with uh, Sarah Silverman judging and I knew that Sarah did not like Sarah Silverman did not like age jokes. Mm -hmm. And obviously Sarah Tiana is not old. Yeah. I've had the biggest crush on her since I met her. Uh, But, you know, for the sake of the show, you have to maybe say things you don't necessarily mean. But I was like, I'm not going to do any age jokes. I'm not going to do any body image jokes. And she's unbelievably beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, for the sake of the show, I probably should have not acted like she's beautiful and maybe hit you know, the age thing. Cause she didn't go easy on me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that was definitely, uh, I think the next time I battle, I will be a little meaner. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not playing it safe at all. Um, do you have a battle coming up? I mean, I know yeah, I have TV two battles. battles coming up. Yeah. I don't know when mine is going to show. I'm thinking, um, I think either the second or third week in January, but I will be battling Leah Lamar, the first battle of the year. Oh, wow. That's yeah. uh, Jay Lights. Yes, uh, Jay Lights Leah. Better half. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a really cool battle. I love battling pretty girls, honestly, because it's like it's just it just helps me with that competitive edge. Like there can only be one. But it's tough battling. But you're pretty, too. Exactly. So that's why I like. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to like, you know, just take the compliment, but whatever. But you are. <laughs> but you, you are, though. I Thank mean, you. I got a great body. I don't you know, I mean, you know, it's. My so, uncle told me to stop saying that I was cute. But you are though, thank like, you, and you're likable, and like, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but it is tough to. But since you're both pretty, it, exactly, it'd be a little easier to go cunty on it's, each other. It's, and I'm going. I'm. 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 I'm not holding back. Like honestly, I. I freaking love roast battle. It's like it's an adrenaline rush, and it just it gives you purpose for a little bit. Because you know, in comedy. You get a lot of no's. You get a lot of, oh, you can't get on this show. You're not going to be booked for that. You know, you may have, you may bomb or something like that. So when you win a roast battle, that's like a little victory that can push you through the next couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Through like, okay, I'm not just out here wasting my time. I'm out here actually like doing something. Well, it's just, I don't know if there's a show going on right now where you, you can get in front of not just industry, but like. Uh, you know, tomorrow night the judges are uh, the Sklar brothers, and, and you know, oh, they're bad. Oh, they were just on the. Um, I think they were just on Tony Hinchcliffe's podcast. Yeah, and uh, Kill Tony, check mm-hmm. that out. Uh, I'm not sure when it's released, but they do it every Monday night at the Comedy Store. Uh, and Court McCown, who's like been in tons of things, and so you, it's people who can hook you up with jobs. Exactly. You so know. you want to, and and. And the thing is that what I also have to realize, like as much as I want to win, it is also about, you know, having a good battle. And I feel like as long as I'm I've learned something from the last one every time, you know, it's good. But I I have fun because you can be your full obnoxious self. Anything that you say that someone might be offended by is all okay in the roast battle. And I have gotten in trouble my whole life for saying things that are inappropriate. So this is like perfect place to say it. Well, it's also a place where if you're uh, maybe a little shy or a little bit of an introvert, uh, Mm -hmm. you can create, like I've created a pro wrestling character basically. And I say things that I would never say in my stand-up act or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, But it's, you know, giving me that freedom to, Mm -hmm. you know, shit on, you know, the Sklar brothers or 
you know, Joe DeRosa, who's like this amazing comic. And uh, by the way, that buzzing is my iPhone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I thought I just turned the volume off. So I apologize for the technical uh, issues. Uh, and it's just, I'm. It's an honor to be a part of it every week. Oh yeah. And who's I your mean, second battle against? Um, I battle January 10th, Madison Sinclair. Another uh, beautiful female. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, I love the, uh, now, are you friends with Leah and Madison or acquaintances? I'm acquaintances with Leah. Madison, I don't know that well, but she actually challenged me. And um, we were already friends. So I like on Facebook. So I like, you know, seen her around a little bit, but I didn't know her really oh she's awesome very good battler uh she had a great battle uh i think maybe about two months ago against quentin i i don't want to even attempt to say his last name uh ten years set you're still attempting i know moscarello <laughs> or he's an awesome dude i think he just moved away which is too bad but uh he'll be back you know but uh yeah i mean there's so many good young i mean that the top 50 are all, for the most part, really good battlers. I made the top 50. You're not in the top 50? I made it. No, I made it. What, uh, what are a, you? I'm like uh, 41. I'm like tied with a bunch of people. Yeah, but you'll, uh, you know. Uh, I didn't do, I only did, uh, technically, I only did uh, two battles this year. Because right. Jennifer Gable was, you know, a default. So who, this who, year, I'm sorry, my hearing's bad. Oh, who, yeah. Oh, my fault. Default? Jennifer Gable, the okay. one that didn't show up and then called the fire marshal and then ran away to New York. That one, she was she was a default one. Jennifer Gable, in case anybody right. didn't get that. Um, Not Cable, Gable. Like, <laughs> as in gay. Right. Bull. Uh, bull. Like, yeah. Or if you're uh, fans of the original uh, Jim Rome show on the, the Mighty 690 there's a legendary caller, a dark Gable, <laughs> uh, who I ended up meeting at an open mic, and I was yeah. never been so starstruck in my life. Because if you listen to the radio show, you you know they have regular callers, and he's like, "Hey, you're all a fan. I'm Dark Gable," and I'm like, "That's you hilarious." That top <laughs> but I'm a real schlub. I uh, I had the best celebrity interaction today. Oh, with who? Well, you're young, a lot younger than me. Have you ever seen the first Lethal Weapon? I don't think I've seen any of them. Damn, you see the first one. Well, there's a scene in Lethal Weapon where they're doing a heroin buy, and the bad guy uh, is uh, he's a character actor by the name of Ed O. Ross, and he it's just a great scene, and uh, he's he's playing like he's coked up and he's nervous, and I saw him at an intersection today in his Mercedes, and he. <laughs> was he had uh, driven into the uh, crosswalk a little bit and he saw me coming and he pulled back so I could cross and I looked and said, thank you. And then I, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, you're the dude from Lethal Weapon. And he, he shook my hand from his car. It's just, I don't know. Oh, that was cool. I'm always awkward when I meet celebrities out here. I'm the opposite. I go right at him. That's why I'm, it's awkward though, because it's like every time I see somebody, I assume that I already knew them. Cause you know, living in LA, I don't think you ever really get used to meeting people. And so I always like, I'll either be staring or stuff like that and walk up like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, you're such and such. Like the worst one was when I met Sinclair. From, See, I don't uh, know who that is. From living single. Never watched Because you're not a black woman. Okay. But I love uh, black people. And living single was a 90s sitcom with Queen Latifah. I definitely never saw it. Really? Oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to watch Lethal Weapon 1 and you're going to watch 
a couple of episodes of Living Single. I can barely get through Westworld right now, so uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm you're gonna you're gonna have to watch one because you're gonna love it. But anywho, she I was working at Comedy Union and I was just ringing up something and she just kind of like walked in like, "Hey guys," and I just like kind of had my mouth stuck open like. And she was like, hi, what's your name? That like typical TV greeting when you run into a celebrity was so embarrassing. And that happens to me on the regular. Well, it happens to all of us in L.A. I mean, yeah. uh, it's well, at the comedy store. You know, uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, I had a conversation with Dave Chappelle in the kitchen about. Me too. <laughs> he's the best. He's like yes. the greatest comic of all time, arguably. I know Chris Rock fans would, you know. Maybe argue him. The Chappelle show puts me for, puts Dave Chappelle over a lot of people for me. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, like a harder edge living color, which Mm -hmm. I loved living color. Oh, I loved in living color Mm -hmm. as well. That's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to get into acting. I would watch it and I'd be like, I'm going to be on that show when I grow up. Like the SNLs, all that, like all of that. I I loved it. But um, when I saw Dave Chappelle, he was smoking a cigarette in the kitchen and I was having a shitty day and I was outside and I was like, damn. And the worst part is I miss Dave Chappelle. And Jamar was like, he's in the kitchen. And I like stormed into the kitchen. I was like, Dave. And he was like, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell, but you know, hey. It's hard. (laughs) And then we had a conversation. It was really cool. I mean, where else can you... uh... Just bump into the greatest comic of all time and like it'd be a normal conversation. Exactly. We, we had a conversation about his mentor, uh, a comic by the name of Charlie Barnett, who uh, it's a really sad story. He was uh, functionally illiterate, mm-hmm. but he had auditioned for SNL and he, he kept going up and up because he was a brilliant comic uh, in New York. And uh, he didn't go to the last audition because he was scared. He, he, he couldn't read, basically. Uh, and so he didn't go, and Eddie Murphy got the part. Oh, man. Uh, well, shout out to Eddie Murphy, though. Oh, Eddie Murphy's We're uh, from awesome the same too. place. But uh, Charlie Barnett, if you're not familiar with him, uh, the, uh, the legend of epic proportions from New York. Jeff Ross will talk to you about him. He, he's... Uh, they would do street shows in the Central Park, and Charlie was the only one who could fill up the whole square. Oh. Like that's like, I mean, Chappelle would go watch him. So uh, always, there's so many people like that that should be a little bigger, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's all it's all, it's it's the best people are always the ones that everyone doesn't know about. No, I always say about most of my the funniest people I know are comics you'll probably never hear of. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, and. But at least with like a show like Roast Battle, the best battlers you will know. Yeah, because you will you hear about them for some reason. It's just uh, and that I'm almost uh, I like watching some of the worst battlers because uh, I have a sadistic sense of humor, and uh, they got to know they're bad and they still do it. That honestly, they have like the biggest balls. People that roast battle that know they suck. People that get on stage time at the time at the time and they know they suck people that sing and they know they suck like they all they have like the biggest balls and you know you can do nothing but respect those people but you like, really can't I, I think what roast battle is different is the feedback is so instant oh yeah like uh you could be in a shitty band and you know for whatever reason it doesn't quite hit you that you're not in a shitty band until a little later to a degree of stand-up but roast battle, it's so like, 
a second later, if the joke's not good, it's dead silence. <laughs> the dead silence is like literally everybody's nightmare. And then not only the dead silence and you still have to hear the judges afterwards. So it's like, okay, I already know the audience didn't like me. So now let me let the, the judges rip into me too. Yeah. And then, you know, I rip into you if it's bad and, and, uh, you know, Moses will probably say something that, you know, the wave will do their thing. And, you know, it's just, it's not just like you do a bad joke. Jeff Ross zings you. It's Jeff will zing you. Then the Sklars will sting you. And then I'll hit you. And then Ron White will hit you. And then the wave will hit you. And then it's just overwhelming. And pretty much in that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, my, my last battle was not the best and it wasn't. Who was it against? Lonnie Johnson. It's just, I, I just think that, I don't know. He just wasn't a good match. We just weren't a good matchups for each other. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I always like in uh, roast battle to like UFC, like where uh, the matchups are important. Like if you have, uh, you know, two low energy comics, it might not work mm -hmm. uh, or it might work because they, they might play off of each other. Uh, you know, like with Pat Barker and Alex Hooper, here you had one who's probably the most flamboyant roaster uh, out there and he's the champ. And Pat Barker is just, I'm going to sit here in my jean shirt. I'm not going to move. I'm going to do the joke. There will be no theatrics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to shit on you, and it will probably destroy you. And it wasn't the best battle, maybe, because uh, the styles. like We're two totally different yeah. styles. Like me and Hooper might be crazy. Yeah, because both of you guys are yeah. And I don't there. just say that to get myself into the... No, 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 I, I agree. I agree. And I think that when he challenged, he challenged me. Um, and when he did, I didn't really understand that. Okay. You can't accept every challenge and every battle is not a good battle for you. I just wanted to roll. So I was just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Cause no one else was really challenging me. But now I understand and I'm like, okay, I, I know what type of people that I need to battle. And, uh, that one just wasn't good. And I couldn't even make him my enemy. Like when I battle these girls, I, I pick, a, I just hate them for the, until we battle. We're no, we're not friends until we battle. I love you afterwards, but in order for me to write my jokes, I have to go into that place where, you know, where, you know, I hate the way you chew or I hate how you carry your purse or, you know, your, your, your shirt's not buttoned all the way. Like little things. It just makes me, you know, mad so I can write about, but I just didn't go there with him. Well, and he's a uh, very uh, nice dude mm -hmm. and very funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would think uh, like you and Leah will be great. Oh, I'm excited for that one. She's, uh, you know, a bit of a show woman. Yeah. Uh, and she's undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, she's uh, had some tough opponents, but she's definitely stepping up with you. Uh, you know, it's weird to analyze these fights now like you would a UFC bout. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you okay, well, this person's great at performing. The other person's a better writer. You know, the other one's going to have a wacky entrance. The other one isn't. I mean, uh, I think I think Pat Barker just sent out a... Uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the fantasy. fantasy uh, I'm excited about that. I mean, but he, it, like, he analyzed, I think, the top 50 roasters and almost like a... Uh, a fantasy sports draft mm -hmm. and uh you know it was uh, pretty fun to read it was it was I, honestly the whole time i was reading it i was just like smiling because i'm like look at us creating this whole 
sport in comedy because uh, this can go far. And like the people that follow the roast battle, it's something for them to and be involved in. The comedians that aren't actually roasting, but they're there every week watching it, it's something for them to be in. It's just something that's going to be more competitive for us. Like, oh, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm just ready to move up in ranks like that. That I'm like, OK, I know where I want to be come next year when they have the yeah the I mean, list it, come out and it's like the top 20 or i mean really probably the top 30 are all killers mm-hmm. I mean, you could i could see uh you know you've got people like in the the upper uh or the lower half of the top 30 like dave Derry, he's a killer uh doug fager i think is like 15th he's like uh, he's like scares me and like and then the top 10 are like anyone could win yeah like, uh which makes Hooper's title run uh, pretty impressive because it's you know he's taking on the best and beating them. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's tougher than it looks to move up, but it can be done. Um, yeah, it's very hard to even get put like in the ranking. <laughs> because I, what's tough is like people in the top ten don't really want to battle anyone outside of the top mm-hmm. ten because it's like what's in it like for them. Uh, is it going to be a good battle? Is it going to yeah. make him look good? Um, it, like, and now some people will, you know, I'm the same. I'm that way. Like, you know, right now I only want to battle Hooper because it's like, why would I battle, say, someone who's ranked number six? What's it do to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I can only go down. Uh, but some people are like, just battle, man. So it depends on, the, you know, I'm come from a semi-athletic background. So I approach it like a, a sport. Oh, it is a sport. You know, and like it's, uh, you know, but there are some people who I'm sure they care if they win or lose, but they're like, fuck, I want to battle every two weeks. I don't care. Like Jay Light just battled four times in uh Jay like Light is trying to set a freaking Guinness hist- uh, um what is it? Guinness, Guinness Book of World yeah, Records. Yeah, Guinness Book of World Records or something. I was like, are you sick? He's just going and going and going. He's, I mean, he's just going to keep beasting up. Honestly, I wouldn't go back and back like that because I don't like to lose. And uh, I'm, I hate losing. I really do. That's the worst. I really hate losing. And even these battles I have back to back in January, I'm just like, uh, but you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And I probably won't battle again until February just because I have these back-to-back battles, but I'm freaking excited. Well, it, it, it sucks because if you do lose one or two uh, things back in a back. row, you, you can fall back in the rankings. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, uh, it, it's very much like the UFC in that regard, where if you lose one fight, you know, it's going to take you three or four to get back into a title shot. So uh, it is. Uh, and if I went back to back in one month, then I can like I'll get higher points. Yeah. And if you and if you went, well, you know, I I think now it's the, the people who determine the rankings. They recognize uh, if someone's battling a lot and even if they lose. But if it's a good battle, you can move up. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they do have uh, some of the top battlers doing the rankings. So it, it's I think it's for the most part pretty fair. You know, I mean, I wish there was uh, either one person or two people who didn't battle. Because you will run into, I think, at some point, uh, maybe people voting for someone they shouldn't be voting just because mm-hmm. they're friends or you know, whatever. I hate that. I really do. I but, really do. But I, it hasn't happened yet, in all fairness. Uh, but I, I think, 
you know, so many of us are friends with one another, uh, that, you know, I would love to have just an independent person who doesn't battle, who's just a fan yeah, of the show. Yeah, I'm biased. Uh, and go, okay, well, uh, Jasmine beat Earl, so she's ahead of Earl. It's just the way it works. Uh, Earl beat this person, he's ahead of her or him. Uh, but it's fun, I mean. And me, I honestly, I... I love to win so much, but I love to win fair and square. If I win, I want to know that I won all the way on myself. If I lose, I want to know I lost all the way on myself. So I don't even, I don't even like having friends that are going to be like, oh, I'm going to put, I don't, actually I don't even have any friends that are going to put me somewhere just because I'm their friend. They're going to be like, no, you're going to do the freaking work and then I'm going to put you up there because you're good. And I, I, I want to say that majority of the people that are in positions to put someone in ranking are like that. It's when it comes to roast battle, at least. Oh yeah. I mean, I turned down a battle a few months ago where I just thought it was a no win battle for me. Uh, I, I won't, uh, say who the person uh, was, but I, it was, it was Jennifer Gable. Ah, uh, I, but I wouldn't battle her <laughs> even before your incidents. Like, who are you? Like, you know, beating you me like does nothing for me. Yeah, but honestly, all of her foolishness actually did kind of give me a name because people I didn't even know were like, weren't you the girl that was supposed to battle the crazy bitch? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. Uh, would say her name one more time. Oh, the oh the crazy bitch's name? Jennifer Gable? Uh, you know, I have no control of what my guests say on yeah, this show. I should really stop saying Jennifer Gable because I don't want anyone to go to her Facebook, Jennifer Gable, and say anything about her calling the fire marshal or anything. So. I have no, uh, well, it didn't really hurt the show at all. I mean, maybe like the first week after it was a bit of a, you know, an awkwardness. The uh, funniest part about it is that she pretty much asked Moses, she pretty much asked Moses to battle because she, before she picked a battle, she asked Moses to be on the show. Like that's the reason why she wanted to battle so that, you know, whoever could see her and she could be put on the show. And then I ended up getting put on the show and she didn't show up for her battle. So I'm like, I hope that when she sees the episode, like she's just kicking herself. Cause like you could have done the same thing. Well, it's like mind blowing to me that she would try so hard to be on the show get on the show in some capacity and then try and do something to hurt the show. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, you probably, she probably could have gotten away with just saying, Hey, you know what? Uh, I think someone said her meter ran out or, or she said she needed to move her car, but that was a lie because she didn't get there until 1040 and they called us in at like 11, like 1055. They were looking for her. So there should have been no reason that her meter was what at 20 minutes. That doesn't even make sense. But, um, you know. but, you know, she probably could have been cool. And Moses said, hey, listen, I got to go. Or, or, you know, I'm sure that wouldn't have gone over too well. But, like, can I come back? Or mm -hmm. maybe, maybe she was cool to you. I mean, the show's pretty uh, giving. If I want to still battle her, honestly. I mean, uh, I want to still, I, I still, I still want to roast her just for the strength. And the funny thing is that she wrote all of her roast jokes underneath my status. And I'm like, I'm happy we didn't battle because all of her jokes were whack. Like they were like, just not funny. And my family is probably worse roasters than me. <laughs> they just don't know the, uh, you know, the formula for the correct way to do it. But they pretty much ripped her to sheds to shreds. So that was pretty funny. Well, yeah, she definitely did much more harm than good, yeah. uh, unfortunately for her. And uh, in a weird way, I didn't even want to bring her up because this is probably what she wanted. Oh, yeah. Infamous. But, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, 
you know, unfortunate. And, well, she's in New York, and uh, I hope she doesn't try and pull stuff like this in New York. Me because, too. Because uh, as hard as L.A. comedy is, the New York comics are a real deal. I'll actually be in New York uh, December 22nd. I'm producing my first show there. Where? Um, at the Five Spot in Brooklyn. Five Spot uh, Soul Food Restaurant. It's a bar. And... Uh, what what got you to produce a show there? Um, well, I actually did a show there, um, Freddie Sheffield's show. Um, he had me on there when I was in New York um, in August. And me and Lindsay Jennings were both from Long Island. And I re- we kept missing each other when we were in New York. So I was just like, hey, you know, why don't we do a show in New York for our family and friends and everything? And, you know, for the holidays. So we are Santa Babies, hosted by myself and Lindsay Jennings. That would be a good battle, I'd like to see. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Lindsay. I'll probably, I'll be battling her very soon, though. Very uh, she- soon. But we were actually supposed to battle a long time ago, but she, like, kept having battles back to back to back. And then they moved her to main event. Well, she is very much known for her uh, entrances and, uh, you know, her uh, presentation Mm -hmm. because she's got a great look. The suicide girl, I guess she is. Yes. I still don't know what that is, but. uh, I mean, all I know is they look hot in pictures, so. Oh, she's hot uh, pictures in person and she's really cool. And yeah, she puts the work in. She's one of my faves. Um, Yeah, she's one of my faves. She's like, she's always like, write 10 million jokes and then just whatever you come to mind, just write them. I don't care if it's a million, just keep writing them jokes i'm just like okay but um yeah i mean i'm i'm i definitely want to roast her and i'm definitely excited uh for our show on this 22nd because we're doing a little christmas song number so well if you're in new york december 22nd check out that show um now let's get into your stand-up a little bit like uh how long have you been doing stand-up two years as of december 2nd and what got you into stand-up uh I was literally just at Comedy Union watching the comics every day and I just fell in love with it. I was watching comedy more than I was, you know, passing out drinks as if I was supposed to do. And I pulled London Brown aside and I was like, hey, you know, I really think I want to do this. And he like sat in with me for like three hours going over all the fundamentals of comedy. Then he took me to an improv class. Then he took me to Marty's open mic. And from there it was history. Marty's uh, <laughs> legendary uh, L.A. open mic where you uh, pay $5 to perform in front of other comics. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, sometimes you get joke tags, though, sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I remember <laughs> uh, telling Marty that'll never work. People will never pay. And uh, five years later, it's still pumping strong. Yeah, we just had our Christmas party. So, uh, and, you know, some comics even live at Marty's. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I won't say who, but... Uh, you know, it's, uh, Marty's is, uh, it's, it's definitely, it, 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 it gets you strong and Marty's is not really, women don't really typically go to Marty's more times than not. I'm the only girl there or the girls that go to Marty's whenever they're there, they're the only ones there because, um, it's just a tough crowd. Like the men don't respect you unless you like, you really got to earn your respect and you have to go there diligently and show that you're really out here. Like, um, when I started comedy, like I said, I was working at comedy union. So I had a lot of, you know, headliners that go all around the world, whatever, but none of them really sat down and like helped me, helped me until I proved to them that I, this is really something that I want to do. And honestly, this has been the, 
I never do anything for more than a year. I've I've done so many different things like, oh, I want to do this now. I want to do that. Like, like what? Like, uh, for instance, culinary school. I went there. I cooked for I went to culinary school and then I started my own, you know, personal chef business. I didn't finish that. Um, I was doing dancing in college. I did that for a year and then I was like, oh, okay, now I want to do the modeling troupe and now, okay, now I want to do hair and okay, now I want to do this. But it's like, um, comedy, it doesn't pay me more times than not, but I'm literally addicted to it. Like if I go more than a couple of days without getting on stage, like I just don't feel right. And it's really been a huge, uh, you know, outlet for me to get my point across just to get to learn myself more and just seeing like improvement and growth because, um, I send my best friends, you know, clips and stuff where my friends are very fucking truthful. They don't sugarcoat anything. So, um, just sending them stuff and them seeing the growth and them seeing that I'm sticking with it. Like I was homeless out here and I'm not getting a job because then I won't be able to hit stages at night. And it's just like, I've never made so many sacrifices in my life for something. What well, is a sexual high? I was telling someone this last night. It's uh, when a joke kills or does good or a roast battle joke. Uh, it, it you, I get the same feeling as, uh, you know. Comedy. Oh yeah, you do. You really do. It, and it's crazy. Cause I, like I said, I'm a chef. So when I cook food, I love cooking food because I love watching people enjoy the food. When I do a joke and it kills some like, and you know, I'm still new in this business. So sometimes I'll say something and not even expect as good as a reaction as I'm going to get, but that there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling than when your joke kills. I don't even think coming can is better than that. Well, let's not take it that I'm, way. I'm honestly, I mean, it, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I can't say that fully, but it, it, it's a, an inexplainable feeling when a joke kills. When you know that you put on a good show and you feel good about it and you get off that stage, like you're just like beaming from like your toes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't literally, you can't go to sleep for three or four hours. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's such an unbelievable feeling because it's the toughest gig in the world. Yeah, you it know? is. It's to be up there alone. Uh, and you, I guess you could say that about Roast Battle too, even though you're not up there alone but like when you're doing stand-up joke kills it's all you yeah and it's like um with acting it's like you're a character so if i if i'm if i'm in a play or something like that or if i do like a short film and someone doesn't like it you didn't like that character if i'm doing improv i'm still being someone else when you're stand-up that's you like and I, my all my stories are true. Like I don't you know make up, well, you know make up stuff on stage. So everything I'm telling is that I genuinely think it's funny and I want to share. So it's like if they don't like the story that you're sharing, it's like oh my god. Like let me just go in a corner and like hide right now. But when they love it, it's like woo. That's the best. Oh, cheesing for the week. Especially at the comedy store. Oh yeah. Uh, comedy stores. Uh... As many people who listen to this show know, it's never been uh, better up there. Uh, it's uh, the lineups are insane. Uh, just to get on potluck now is like a big deal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just to get a development spot is like basically getting a spot. Uh, I mean, I was on a lineup the other night. It was like I was like I don't even know if I should be on this lineup. It's like Rogue and uh, Jazzelnick, Delia, Diaz, uh, Theo Vaughn. Just Jason Galern, just a who's who of like, wow. 
So, uh, you know, now have you done the stand up before roast battle? That that part? Oh yeah, I've done that too. I've done that. And that's a tough. Uh, that is, um, I haven't gotten a good spot on that crowd yet, honestly. Um, every time I've done it, it's been kind of like a favor type of thing. Like either it's been my birthday or I'm just like, hey, I have people in town. Can I go up? And um, the last two times I did it, it was, you know, it was good. But that's a, it's a tough, it's a tough crowd. Number one, they're coming for roast battle. Right. And number two, I just feel like everyone that comes into the comedy store just like knows that, you know, how big of a deal we make our sets at the comedy store and they come in like freaking agents. Like I really feel that way. Like you have to like really, really, really make these people laugh that come into the comedy store because they're not coming up to just give you their laughs. Like yeah, you, you got to work it. for them. You got to like, it's like the monkey bouncing the ball on the nose. Oh, yeah. Because you can go to another comedy club and say the same jokes and people are like, ah, and you go to the comedy store and you're like, ah. Yeah, all right. Well, we just had Chris Rock downstairs and we just, uh, Chappelle's sitting in the judging dais right Exactly. Now, what so, are you going to do? Uh, yeah, we got Jason Reitman uh, judging too. Uh, so uh, this better be funny, dude, or do that. Yeah. And uh, so the, the pressure, at the especially at the comedy store. I mean, it's, it's pressure crazy. anyway, the improv. Yeah, but I just think, I don't know. I think the comedy store, the pressure is more. And then for me, I did my first show at the comedy store. Um, it was a bringer show. but Who's bringer show? Let's give uh, this Martin. Break. Martin Harris. Yeah. Legendary bringer show uh, promoter, Martin Harris. You talk about a night of a thousand comics. Yeah, January 26th, my first show. And how many comics were on? I want people to know what a bringer show is. Um... Now, would you say at least thir- 25 comics? It was a lot of comics on there. And we each had like, what, five, seven, no, five, six minutes, maybe. It was a lot of, it was a lot of comics. And then you're just sitting back there waiting. And then like bringer shows is even harder because they're not coming to see you. They're coming to see whoever they, their friend, their, their friend was or whatever. So, um, but I did really, really good my first show and, you know, Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, And because of that, that's why the comedy store, like, I want that to be my home club. Like, that's the first place I started. It's where I spend most of my time. And I know it's hard as hell to get in there, but that's that's my goal. And people are always like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, who cares? You care. Because if you didn't care, you wouldn't say who cares. If you didn't care, you wouldn't say anything at all. Everyone secretly cares. Like, you know, that's like just... uh, it's just one of my goals that I need to check off in, in, in my entertainment world. Oh yeah. I love the people who talk bad about the club or roast battle. Oh, that show's not that good. And then they're the same ones trying to get on the show. Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not going to play the radio. Like I'm not going to act like I don't care. Like I care. That's why I'm there. I'm at the comedy store more than I'm anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like my second home. I'm literally see these people it, and how you said where you dab people up or you hug them, you don't really know them. I know so many people that I don't even know their names because I see them at the comedy right. store and they see me. But if I saw them somewhere else, I wouldn't be able to say, hey. Right. Because you don't get that vibe at the improv, although that's Mm-mm. an awesome club to hang out with. And uh, they do an amazing job. And Laugh Factory, it's like you, you if you you perform there and you leave. Yeah. It's really it's not a and it it's not a uh in invite like comedy store is just a welcoming environment I feel and I don't people might think I'm crazy to say that but that that's how I feel and any any I, I love a challenge I love a challenge I honestly do not like just getting things handed to me I work for 
every single thing that I've gotten, like I'm the second oldest of seven. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I work for everything, even attention, even every single thing. So yeah. Well, your goals will be realized and it probably won't take you 14 years to get passed up there. Like someone else in this room right now, but uh, you just gotta <laughs> keep going and you know, uh, you know, it's your dreams can be realized. You know, yeah, it's man. tough though in comedy. Like, there's so much rejection. Oh yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Like, you know, you just have to develop uh, an alligator skin and just ram away. And you know, uh, you know, you really can. Uh, you just you can't listen to anyone. Oh no, tough. you can't. And that is the toughest part. I mean, I think that my family is so ruthless that I kind of have a thick skin because we come out the womb and you're being roasted. Like you don't, you can't bring anybody over to my parents' house without first giving them a disclaimer. Like, okay, my parents don't have any chill. So if you come in here, your feelings might get hurt. So that definitely prepared me for the people out here, but it is still at the end of the day, everybody wants to, you know, you want that sense of acceptance. You want to make, you want to know that you're funny. You want to know that other people think you're funny. And in comedy, you just, you really have to just dig deep in yourself and be like, okay, I'm funny. And this, and that's just that because a can tell you something different than B then tell you something different than C. And then now you're just all confused. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's the weirdest business. It's like a selfish business, but but you but you need help. Like yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Like it's a hypocritical business. Oh, it's the biggest. Uh, you know, I've known people who've you know bombed and and gotten things, and uh, either I or someone else I knew was on the show that killed didn't get anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's just the way it is. I mean, you just uh, there's so much out of your control that you you can't get upset about it you just can't what i have to keep reminding myself and it's pretty much what's for you is for you and if if you believe that what's for you is for you you're not gonna ever be upset that this opportunity passed you by that opportunity passed you by because you know your opportunity is coming rose battle i honestly never was thinking about being on the comedy central show for rose battle i started doing rose battle so i could get on a potluck you know what I'm saying, at the comedy store. But, you know, God had that in my plans to 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 do it, and that's how I got it. So I just have to, you just have to really stay focused on yourself, but still, you know, be a nice person to other people. But you have to stay focused on yourself and, and your, and just, I don't know. Yeah, just stay focused on yourself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just... Uh, <laughs> like I said that three times, so I really mean it. But it's true, though, because you, you have to repeat stuff like that because it's, uh, you know, it's such an insane business and a lot of it's unfair and people get stuff they shouldn't and people who don't get stuff who should and it's just, you know, I used to, I let it bother me for a long time. Like, why did... I was on this show and, you know, I remember uh, I auditioned for Montreal one year and, you know... I'm honest. I should have gotten it. Mm -hmm. And two people who were on the final callback with me bombed. I mean, mm -hmm. literally crickets. And they got it because they had managers. And I was like, what's the point of doing it? So, but then a couple of years later, I'm on the hottest show in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I mean, like everyone comes to see Rose Battle in Montreal. It's like, 
you know, and there's some great shows, but like everyone wants to see Roast Battle. So, uh, you know, I got on eventually. Um, so there is just persistence. Keep at it. You know, you'll be passed at the comedy store. It's, she's got to wade through the bullshit. And, yeah. you know, uh, you'll do great in Roast Battle. Got to, you know, wade through. I mean, there's not a lot of bullshit on the show, but like, you know. That's more so you. You know, I, I feel like the Roast Battle is pretty fair. Because it's kind of like the audience, you know, they, the, the it's it's pretty fair, I think. I really think. But you know what? Some days I just like really wish I could just sleep my way to the top. Although that's probably a lot of work for those girls. You can. Too. I know. But, you know, I, I, I just really want to forget my morals some days. And I'm like, damn, can I just, you know, what producer? Whose dick do I have to suck to get here? Because, you know, I'm tired of being broke. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Oh, wait, my parents had a little bit of money, so I don't have to suck anyone's dick yet. But I've had offers. I've had the gay casting couch thrown in my face. That's a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I uh, this and it just goes to show you how predatory the business is. This guy thought I was some starving, desperate comic. And, uh, you, you know... Uh, he let's just say made some offers uh like oh well uh we'll make you the star of this new movie and I'm like come on man do you think i'm that fucking stupid okay so this is the thing though but i'm not i need to have the script i need to like have a contract signed and then okay whatever because i'm not just gonna suck your dick and then i still end up looking crazy well, like i, I mean need a contract well, that's the thing. And it, it's like, you know, this particular person was like uh, head of casting at a huge studio. Like, wow. So he was legit. And, uh, I, I, you know, he uh, but, you know, I'm I grew up uh, in a rich, uh, I guess, semi rich neighborhood. So I was around bullshitters my whole life. Oh, so you could already tell. It was a great education for me to. uh grow up in that kind of environment because it really uh, was a, a schooling that you just can't get anywhere else. And so, uh, you know, which is why it's great to be in at the comedy store because, you know, the level of bullshitters up there is unparalleled. Oh, yeah. I'm a New Yorker, so I smell bullshitters as well. Yeah. And also people think that I'm like 12. So they'll like talk to me like I'm this little kid that has never been anywhere. And I'm just like, um, I know what you're trying to do. And I'm not going down that route. Thank you. But no, thank you. Well, but, New York's hardcore. I mean, like yeah. I, I've only done comedy there uh, once. Thank you, Patrick Milligan of The Stand, which is an awesome. Oh, my God. I was calling them. I was trying to do my show there. Patrick is the best. And uh, I saw their roast battle there. And uh, run by uh, Louis J. Gomez and uh, my friend uh, Christy Cielo was the main event. And uh, it was, but I love, uh, I like the attitude in New York. Like one battler wanted to basically fight me because I gave him a harsh critique. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, like, why are you taking this so personally? Like he was reading from his phone the whole battle. I hate that. So I, you know, and I was really cool about it. Like I was like, Hey man, I'm going to, it was a pretty close battle, but I'm going to give it to the other guy. Cause you kind of, you were reading from your phone the whole time. And, uh, 
you know, I think anyone who saw my battle against Jimmy Carr knew I called him out for the, the clipboard. And so it's like a pet peeve of mine. He's like, well, fuck you, man. And he meant it. Like, mm -hmm. he, maybe he didn't necessarily want to fight me, but it, it, it's, that's how it came off. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Really? But I like that attitude. Like, that's how passionate he was. Yeah. Whereas in LA, he probably would have said, okay, man, I'm sorry. I, that's uh, I, mean, I hate LA. I mean, I love LA. I love, uh, you know, it, it's you have to be out here to make it. You just do. Yeah. You know, even but they bullshit. And that's one of the things that I hate about L.A. I, I I'm from New York, like I said, and I lived half New York, half in Florida, but my bases are there. So I, I don't bullshit. I don't sugarcoat things. And if I don't like something, I'm going to tell you I don't like it. And if I'm doing something that you don't like, you know, I expect the same thing. In L.A., I could be stepping on your foot for a year and you just act like, oh, I'm good. And then but really you're pissed that I've been stepping on your foot. And it's like, just curse me out about it instead of going and telling everyone else that you're mad about something. Like, I hate that they don't tell the truth about things. Oh, yeah. I mean, the level of phoniness in this business. It's ridiculous. Especially, I don't know what it's like in New York, just in my very brief, limited, uh, you know, four days out there, I could tell it was already different. I mean, you got people like Mike Lawrence will tell you to your face, like, that's not funny. Yeah. And he's not trying to be a dick. Like, you know, our first uh, day in Montreal, you know, we're all nervous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you were nervous in Atlanta and like Mike's like, do you want to go over your jokes? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I guess. Like, because I knew he would be so harsh on me. And he's like, well, I love the first joke, but are you sure about the others? And like, this is literally like probably six hours before the battle. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I was. Uh <laughs> But that's I appreciated that. Yeah, though. your like, honesty. I can take it. I give me your honesty. How I handle it is how I handle it. But at least give me the opportunity to handle it how I wish. Like I and and out here, I've realized some people think I'm a little, you know, harsh or whatever. And I don't mean it. I just am honest. And I don't. I'm not. Especially if you're someone that's close to me or if I'm around, I'm not gonna. If I if you ask me a question on something, I'm going to answer it honestly. I'm not going to just go and be like, yo, you suck or yo, that joke wasn't funny. If you didn't ask me my opinion. But if you give me my, my if you ask my opinion, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I expect that from other people. And I feel like that will build more respect. But it's it's just like some people just want to see. I don't know. I guess they want to see you do bad or if they're scared to say something. I don't know what it is, but it's annoying. Well, I think that there is that element of like in it, might be more with roast battle than stand up, but like you know, and I'll admit, sometimes I like it when a battle's bad because <laughs> it's just fun to watch. And you're a hater on the on the show, so that makes it better for you. Yeah, too. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's like rubbernecking on the freeway when you see a car crash, you know. Uh, but you know, I I always forget this dude's name. His last name is Stewart. It's either Tommy Stewart or. He, he's so bad at battling but <laughs> he loves it though like he embraces it and it's like he's a guilty pleasure of mine and uh, uh god damn i wish i knew his name uh so you know he's gonna always be bad when he comes out uh he's got like a wallet chain and like he looks like he's dressed at hot topic oh i think i know you're talking but about it's, it's, i want to say tommy stewart but was it, he there when i battled lonnie it's possible like he he battles like maybe once every two or three months 
They're never good, but he, I'm sure he cares, but he does it with such a, you know what? I might be shitty at this, but at least I have the balls to do it. And uh, Lou Varm was like that for a while. And yeah, and then he started getting good. <laughs> started getting good. I mean, his uh, he had uh, interaction uh, two weeks ago with Tony Hinchcliffe. Which I was, heard. <laughs> it was unbelievable to, to watch, uh, you know. Uh, so it, it's fun to see people grow on the show and whatnot. But this is the part, Jasmine, where we do the plugs. Where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Oh, Real Jasmine Lee, R-E-A-L-J-A-S-M-I-N-L-E-I-G-H on everything. Real Jasmine Lee. And do you have any uh, shows coming up? I mean, I know you've got the show in New York, December 22nd. Uh, you've got your battles coming up. When is your battle against Leah? Uh, my battle against Leah is January 3rd, and then I'm Madison Sinclair uh, January 10th. That's tough to do two back to back. Yeah, and it's going to be, yeah, it is tough, but you know what? 2017, I'm taking it by storm. So, you know, well, let's get it. But it is, uh, it, it's good training for you for whatever happens in Roast Battle, the TV show, because if you get to the, uh, the outer limits of that show, you will have to battle four times and probably, I don't know if it's going to be the same format, but uh, it most likely I'm guessing will be, uh, you're going to have to battle four times in five days. Yeah. Which is, it's tough. I mean, it was, I mean, I've been in comedy 16 years. It was by far and away the toughest thing I've ever had to do. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a lot of joke writing, but um, if I get the opportunity, you know, that'd be freaking amazing. Um, and I do have a show Tuesday, uh, taco, yeah, talking. What is it called? Talking over tacos. It's in Inglewood. And, well, I don't know if any of my listeners. Will be in <laughs> uh, I don't I, even go to Inglewood. <laughs> I have a very white. Uh, I, uh, my listeners probably look like a Trump rally. Uh, uh, a lot of whites, very white. My listenership, but I'm all open to different races, ethnicities, and the sexual orientations. Listening to inappropriate Earl. Even though it's called inappropriate, I, I think I'm pretty appropriate. You were very appropriate. I try. You know, it's like I want people to have fun on the show and I want people listening to not get offended. Uh, the N-word has been said twice on this show. Not by me, either time. Good job, Earl. Uh, the first person who said it, Jeremy Paul, he is as black as you can get. <laughs> I won't say who the second person was, but I will say after the episode they were like hey you're gonna take that out right I'm oh it was a white person it was a white person oh, it, it, it was said in a joking way uh. but uh it's such an offensive word that uh you know i i don't think this person meant to have it aired publicly but i don't add it it's done deal What's such an awful Hopefully word. they don't run for president. Oh, actually, you know, these days they probably well, still I mean, win. I can't believe. I still can't believe. I couldn't even bring myself to do an election episode. I was like, <laughs> I, I was on the Stanhope Rogan podcast, the end of the world podcast. Oh, the day when you found yeah. out? And uh, at the comedy stores, 400 people packed and people were crying. Yeah, man. I found out at open mic, which was probably the worst possible place that I could find out because I ended up getting into it with an obnoxious comic. Um, I don't even know his name. I still don't know his name. But yeah, I had to rip him a new asshole. And then I went home and I was just like, I, I felt it, though. When I woke up, I felt it. I'm like a little psychic. And I just something in me just is like, yeah, 
she's not going to win. Well, she's so unlikable that he had a chance at all times. That's Uh, unfortunate. And, and, you know, honestly, she really has to feel shitty because two tries now, two tries and Donald Trump, Donald Trump. I mean, you got to give him this like he's he's probably a borderline racist, uh, misogynistic. Absolutely. you know, he beat 17 politicians. I mean, uh, it, it's, I, I'll give him that. I mean, he did it fair and square. He did. And you know what? When your parents say you can be anything you want to be if you put your mind to it, Donald Trump just pr- proved that. So there's no way I won't be on TV. <laughs> if, oh, absolutely. Yeah. If Donald Trump is president, there's no way I won't be taking over Hollywood. So oh, anything's possible. Like, you know, uh, there's a lot of bands who musically are horrific. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, anything can be done. Yeah, I really believe that. Not to turn this into like a Tony Robbins thing, but like you have to be delusional, and but your delusion is to be based in reality. You know, it would be delusional for you and I to think we can make it in the NBA. We're just not tall enough. Yeah, just, just, just uh, and I'm not a man. Right. Well, you. Uh, how, about, <laughs> how about the WNBA? Yeah, if I, I would probably want to be in the NBA. But I I cannot be in the NBA. I have no vertical leap. Uh, but you know, making it in stand up comedy for both of us is yeah not completely out of the room. No, that's happening. It's still tough. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's possible. Thanks, or as Jeff Richards Trump. says, uh, anything isn't possible. <laughs> so uh, words to live by. Follow him at Tasty Jeff uh, and tell him I sent you. So Jasmine Lee's the best. She'll be back. We're going to do maybe after Roast Battle airs. I know she can't talk about results and stuff because things have to air. And, you know, we don't want to ruin results for people. Uh, But we'll have her back after that airs. And uh, check out Roast Battle on Comedy Central. I think it starts the first week of January. And then it's four weeks, three weeks in a row. And then uh, the the finals finals in Los Angeles uh, at a yet-to-be-undetermined uh, venue and date at least i don't know and uh people are asking me if i'm on it uh let's just say who knows uh, <laughs> anything's possible anything with roast battle anything is possible so you just might see uh, another clipboard being thrown into the crowd guys this will be out this week once i get my podcast uh center back up and running full force inappropriate or i'll follow jasmine lee on twitter facebook and instagram uh itunes and soundcloud leave a review on itunes it helps and we'll be back uh in a few days with the great maddie goldberg pimping out his new book i know you bought his first book brain humor about his brain cancer surgery buy his new book i don't know the name of it he's going to come on and tell you the name of it and uh, he's an awesome dude so uh maddie goldberg up next But listen to Jasmine Lee first.